Welcome to Highly Educated, where we teach you while we're high. Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> What's up? How are you? It's been a few months. Has Ooh, it? Yes, it has. <laughs> it probably has. Lovely to be since, with you all since we've recorded. It's yes. been a minute. It's been a minute. It definitely has. So we back. We back. We back. Um, so today's a very exciting time. Later in the episode, we will have a special guest that we will announce soon. Um, but for right now, what's popping? What's going on? What's what's new in everybody's lives? Give us the rundown, Lola. What's new with me is that I am a foster mom. I am fostering um, a cat. And he was very sick and not cute and needed help. Brought him into my home, you know, been taking care of him and he's getting prettier and um, better. I'm toilet training him. So that's been a process, but he's learning. Uh, He sits on command. I've been training him that. We tried that tonight and it works. Um, And he's a sweetheart. He's really sweet. So if anyone needs a cat and wants to adopt a sweetheart, hit me up. He needs a home ASAP because he can't be living here rent free anymore. I say kick him out as soon as possible. I'm trying. I'm really trying. <laughs> but he needs a home. I can't put him back on the streets. Like, evict his ass. Sorry. <laughs> he doesn't pay rent. He said, that pussy gotta go. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It's it's a lot of work having an animal. I've realized a lot. Like, I don't, I, mm. I really, remember I wanted an animal. I would, like, cry and tear yeah. up when I saw the dog pictures. I'm like, oh, I really, really need an animal. And now I'm like, I don't need that. Uh-uh need to focus on me that's what patience is important i've learned i'm glad i fostered first before i committed because i'm like i I have no business being anybody's mom right now no business none but yeah that's what's up with me yeah i don't want to be anybody's mom (laughs) (laughs) and you know what that's why we should have the right to choose okay okay hello Okay, Liam. <laughs> What's up, Liam? What's popping? You know, not much. Been been bouncing around end of summer into the fall. I went to a couple of weddings. A couple? Um, a couple? I'm sorry. A couple? I know. I went to like one in July, two in October. They were six days apart. It was pretty it was pretty wild. But I'm back. Um I think the most recent thing that I did was I I binge watched a show called Sex, Love, and Goop on Netflix. And it's like, have you heard of Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. So when you said Goop, I was like, what is this? Yeah. So it's like part, (laughs) it's part of her company. And like, I don't really know what Goop does. I just know she has a skincare line, but her company Goop does like, they're, they're out to find like more meaning in life and like adventure and and yeah just try to find the true meaning in life and like they'll do retreats and all this stuff but this show was all about sex and love Mm -hmm. and and it was like and goop sponsored by goop and what they did was like there was maybe five or six couples and each couple met with a different like therapist but for sex and relationships and these like went really intense and like in depth, very, very 
not very, very visual, but you know, there was things on camera that I was just like, oh, wow, they're really showing that. And it was very educating, um, educational. So that was in terms of what they show on TV. Uh, in a way, I guess Netflix is getting a little bit better on censorship. Like you can see like boobs and stuff there, but but like okay, so there was this lesbian couple, and they met with this one um, therapist. I forget what her name was, but they had issues because they were engaged. They just got engaged, very very in love with each other, and the one girl had always been in straight relationships until she met her her female fiance and um what happened was hi we're back we got disconnected so um there was a lesbian couple right Mm -hmm. and they were they were engaged and the one girl they both had like some issues with like their body confidence and whatever whatever but the one girl had like issues um kind of letting go because she had always been in relationships with men before she met uh, this, her now fiance. The other fiance had pain when she was penetrated. So they worked with this therapist and like, she worked on like connection and like um, communication and all that. But then she got to this like, sexology work and she legit like was like putting inserting her fingers and like yeah so it was pelvic it's called pelvic reset it's like pelvic therapy i guess so and like that was for the lady that was hurting during penetration yes but then she also did it for she did it also for the other girl who like had a hard time connecting and like just letting go and whatever Mm. so it was just like really interesting but like they legit they didn't show the vagina but like they showed this woman have like a glove on and then like go beneath the blanket and like Mm -hmm. start to touch her and you're like oh my god like netflix is really getting down and dirty um (laughs) Not down and dirty when we have to go through that once a year at least. (laughs) So they were doing doing this. She was doing this to like give them an orgasm or no? One of them. They probably you can you get orgasms. But was that that's not the intention? No, no, no. (laughs) It's pelvic floor therapy. So a lot of people with PCOS, endometriosis, and Mm. things like that, and penetration during sex. It's like either scar tissue or organs something is going on with the pelvic it could be reverse or whatever so they go in there to like shift it it's a yeah it was it was amazing and they had like breakthroughs and then another couple like they found out their like erotic blueprints so like if they're sensual or sexual or kinky or whatever it may be and they got to like learn more about each other so they could communicate better for what they wanted in the bedroom. And it like really helped their relationship. It where, was amazing. Where, where, we do, where, where do we do that at? You got to find these blueprint. therapists. <laughs> like, what is that? It's, you can, you can take the tests online, but you got to pay like $20. I looked into it. I was like, I don't know if I want to pay $20, but. <laughs> when you meet the one, um, you will. It was, yes, exactly. It was very interesting. All right. Drew, how about you? What's going on in your life? Hey fam, what's up? What's up? Um, nothing much. Um, shut down at the farm uh, for the winter right now. So, um, I'm really been focusing more on like marketing, promoting like our products and like new things we're coming out with. So that's really exciting for me. 
um, because it's just like a different way to uh, contribute to my business. Uh, and then, you know, election day um, just passed and recreational cannabis was on the ballot in five states. It was really cool because I was home and I was able to actually vote on uh, adult use recreational in Maryland and it passed. So that was really cool to actually have a voice and use that and see it put into action, um, you know, fairly quickly. So Maryland, out of the five states that were up um, for passing uh, cannabis, either laws or reform, Maryland and Missouri became the 20th and 21st state to adopt adult use legalization. Um, So now that's 21 states who have adult use marijuana. Um, And it was close, like the other states that didn't pass, like North Dakota, 54.9% voted against. So just a little bit over 50. South Dakota, same thing, like 53%. And then Arkansas was like 56%. Um, But there's still a lot of work to be done, but it's really good because along with these passing of cannabis laws, it's also taken away, um, like it's given expungement to, you know, possession or distribution charges um, for people to have an opportunity and not have something so small as marijuana possessions um, holding them back, you know, from being a functioning member and uh, contributing to society, especially around the vote and election of what happens in our world. Um, So that was cool. So, I mean, just continue. Like, I think it's really important that people continue to donate and stay up to date and get involved with organizations um, like Normal, which is the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Marijuana Matters or um, Marijuana uh, Policy Project. And that's pretty much it for me. I love it. I love it. I'm just smiling over here. I'm smiling. That's amazing. And it's really cool that you got to see like your voice heard and like put, put your vote to action. You know what I'm saying? And it's like what you've been fighting for for a a number of years now you I mean, know yeah. like people before me people are still fighting like it's just a, I, i'm just doing my small part because it's something that i care about and i see how it di- directly disproportionately affects mm-hmm. uh, black and brown individuals like mm-hmm. people that are in my family or around me or in mm-hmm. my community mm-hmm. so if there's a way that we can speak up for ourselves and gives our give ourselves an opportunity to get uh in front of this quote-unquote war on drugs that's really just to lock us up, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's how we really change the narrative around it. And people want mm-hmm. it. You, like, it's being, like, even those states I said it didn't pass, it was still fairly close to, mo- like, still 40-plus percent of the population did want it. Yes, guys, I think I'm high. I wasn't supposed to get high. I thought it was CBD I smoked, but I didn't fucking label the jar. <laughs> I don't fucking know what's in this. I'm like, holy shit, I'm high. I, this is not good. I didn't want to be high, high. Like, I just wanted CBD because I have work to do tonight. What's your other jar look like? This is a I'm getting jar shit with a white cap. What's the, the other, other one? one is like Drew's CBD. And then I keep them. I shouldn't do this, Drew. I know this is bad. I keep them in the grinder. Sometimes I don't store them back in. I'm like, whatever. Oh, and so I think then you mix them up. I mix and... them up and stuff. And then I had like another bag, a pouch. But I finished that, so I threw it out last night. So I'm like, well, what the fuck did I put in this? Whose weed is this? Who did I get weed from? So I don't know. What the fuck is Okay. It's highly educated, so it's okay. (laughs) Okay, you're right. 
Hey, spark notes time. So what are you smoking, Lola? What are what is the variety like? What are the, the one what's that one of five things that you could be smoking? I don't <laughs> fucking know. Like you don't understand. I don't know where this weed is from. <laughs> Oh I really don't know. I'm like, I don't know which one it came from. So we don't know. So she's smoking a mystery weed. Mystery weed. Not sure, you know, THC, CBD. Oh, it's definitely fucking THC. I thought the bitch was CBD. I was like, oh, I'm oh, just going to okay. be calm. So we, know, so we do know it's THC. All but right. I wouldn't get high from CBD. Okay, so what else? Correct. What else right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so like it's THC. I don't know who it's from. It smells different from your CBD. So mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely wasn't CBD. Okay. And I don't know if it was like why would it be weed from a pouch that I finished? I would keep the weed in the pouch, unless oh. I maybe I don't fucking know what this weed. Okay, so how do you? How's it got you feeling? Like, I wonder if it's from Lynn. I'm just high, and I feel like I'm not fully present, and I need to just like. I'm just in another dimension. I'm still in this world, but another dimension. Does that make sense? Okay, so it was some gas, and I mean, you cried. So it, I guess it's doing what it's supposed to do. I'm telling you, I need to sober up. Hell, she needs some milk. You should <laughs> eat, a, eat a chip. A chip? I got an apple chip. Look. Yeah, and eat one of your chips. So, Drew, what, are, what did you just indulge in? I'm smoking on some home grow, the cross between YU jelly and Tropicana cookies, and then gelato, which is just some gas. I'm not playing favorites, but the the purple marmalade, like really, I went all out and I was excited about that because I was able to try like different training techniques on the plants um, to where I got uh, more of like an even canopy, more bud sites at the top. So it was cool. I'm happy with it. It's still in the curing process, but that bitch smoking. That bitch smoking for sure. The Tropicana cookies sound good. Yeah, it's more like a, a like tangy, tangerine, citrus. And that it uh, contains one of my favorite like terpenes, which is mycerin. And that's really good for like stress relief or like um, insomnia. But it's also very citrusy. So, mm. and it also shares the property with mangoes. So last night I smoked my purple marmalade and ate the mangoes afterwards. Ooh, baby. Wait, Ooh, like real mangoes? Like mangoes? That's like real mangoes because they Ooh. share the same terpene profile. So it almost binds with the mangoes. It is amazing. So I just did a tincture, the farm to farm cannabis tincture. It's called Vibe RSO Hybrid Formula. Mm-hmm. I think it hit me. <laughs> <laughs> it says ingredients: MCT oil, full spectrum cannabis extract. Yep, it's that full spectrum. <laughs> you filling that full spectrum up. So the other thing I've been using is the Van Hoos Hemco Strawberry Lemon Tincture, and during the workday when I get a little stressed out. Um, and during my lunch, I always have a seltzer. So I'll put a few drops in there and just get it all good and flavorful. <laughs> and it really mellows me out. And I can finish my day I feeling amazing and calm and cool and collected. But not high, just relaxed and focused. 
Highly Educated is proudly sponsored by Van Hoos Hemp Co., a black, family-owned, and women-operated hemp farm that offers organic, sustainable hemp products straight from the farm into your hands. VHC facilities are located in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, with plants grown with organic soil and seeds. Check them out at vanhoosehemco.com. Thanks, Van Hoos Hemco. Love that for you. I'm so glad it's working for you and getting you through your work day. I also like to use it and indulge throughout the day um, because it just carries me through and like keeps me balanced, keeps my anxiety down. Um, especially when That's I'm working it. At, the, at the like retail store at Habitat, you know, seeing the people come in and out and stuff like that um, definitely helps. It really does get the anxiety down. I have to say, like the heart palpitation slowed down. <laughs> the mind doesn't wander as much. So that means I'm going to use it tomorrow because work has been stressing me the fuck out. And I'm trying not yeah, to. Yeah, but make like, sure it's CBD and not THC. I know. Ugh. Will do. I'll use it tomorrow and I'll let you guys know how I feel. Amazing. Love it. Thanks. <laughs> So we have a very special guest today. His name is Ramo Velez, my cousin. He's been working in the industry for quite some time in the cannabis industry, and he's helped Van Hoos Hemco with with their start. So if you could just give an intro about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you work, and then I think each of us will just ask you like one question. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So my name's my full name's Ramo Velez. Um, I was born and raised in the Caribbean, on uh, Saint Thomas, and kind of got I guess introduced to the cannabis lifestyle down there. It's very, you know, Rasta um, island vibe. So there's a lot of definitely a lot of cannabis use down there, and I kind of got used to it just by being around it. And as I grew up. Uh, when I was around seven or eight, I moved to the main mainland United States and I was kind of like, why is everyone so angry? (laughs) I like basically moved to, um, like up or not upstate New York, but rather like Long Island. Um, so it was a very different Island to be living in, um, compared to St. Thomas. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, everyone was like kind of angry and uptight and just like, you know, like very rude. And I was like, what's going on here? And I noticed I didn't see or smell weed ever. And I was just like, huh, that's interesting. So I kind of like maybe put that together in my mind at a young age that cannabis just helps people not be assholes. So fast forward a few years and uh, I moved to Denver where it was definitely very chill as far as cannabis use. It was pretty like widespread and open. And then in 2012, we legalized cannabis for recreational use, the first uh, state to do so here in Colorado. Lots of other states followed, but um, yeah, we did that in 2012. Just actually legalized psychedelics, first state to do that too, statewide, so always, you know, pressing and uh, pushing things forward here in Colorado. Yeah, so I started working in dispensaries probably in 
around the same time. It was more medical, kind of like when I actually started, and then it switched to rec when I was working in a medical shop, and we were kind of worried every day when we would show up for work if the feds were going to bust in, you know, it was still kind of like that. So I was like basically ready to get arrested every day. I just went to work and clocked in. So that was definitely unique and interesting and something that a lot, not a lot of people are used to, I would say. But yeah, when the rec laws got passed, it was kind of, you know, a little more breathing room, I guess, um, even though we kind of also still thought it was going to happen and we still thought we, you know, rec shops would get raided. We really didn't know, but just doing it anyway. Um, so there was definitely a lot of uncertainty there. But yeah, just forging ahead. And um, I kind of have done it all. I've worked in warehouses doing, you know, back of house stuff, uh, trimming, harvesting, watering plants, moving plants, lots of cleaning, basically growing if you're thinking about growing, know that it's just going to be a lot of cleaning. So you were like really underground with it all kind of at first, right? And then Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting cuz um yeah, like I said it was just very new and especially in California, I don't know if they were like not abiding by the laws or something more out there, but we would hear about California medical dispensaries getting raided all the time so um wow. it was definitely just something we were you know cognizant of and it was it was on our minds when we started when i started that's for sure yeah and i kind of started moving towards uh more like the re- retail side so i moved out of the warehouses into more like the shops and stuff like that and uh kind of got into managing and bud tending and doing inventory for you know the shop side stuff like that so i've kind of gotten to see both the back of house as well as the front of house um that's awesome it's it's an interesting time for you guys to be chatting with me about this because i just uh left my most recent job after like a year of working there um so i'm kind of looking for a job right now and i don't even know if it's going to be in cannabis so I might first have my first job outside of cannabis in like 10 years. Um, the industry's just kind of changed a lot. And I wouldn't say, honestly, it's for the best out here. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of just consolidation and like uh, outside interests, you know, outside investors, outside money just kind of pouring in. And it definitely takes a toll on the product it takes a toll on the workers it takes you know it just kind of takes everything down a notch i think so so like what what do you think like the one the highest priority that the cannabis industry has right now like going into the future and and making sure that um i don't know either yeah yeah go i would definitely say it's uh equity which I, i know you guys are focused on um but the rollout here um, has been certainly just favoring the people who are already rich and in power and the people who used to be against cannabis, um, the people who used to profit off of, you know, locking up black and brown people. And uh, now it's just like, oh, it's legal. All right, cool. Let's make money off of that now. And it's just kind of like, whatever. They don't they don't care about the plan. They don't care about, um, you know, the the passion and the the people that really put this thing in motion. So 
Yeah. Um, they're just reaping all the benefits. So have you have you come across like any I guess it would be local to you or or you know nationally that you look toward but any programs or anyone that you think is doing it well it could be like grassroots or or big big time i've uh i've seen that in new york they're doing some stuff um along those lines i don't really know what the program is like so i can't really comment on it they started something out here in colorado but it seems like it's kind of more for show than anything else it doesn't really seem to have a lot of like substance behind it yeah i i feel like that's like exactly what we've been running into um here in alabama because they just passed for medicinal use and you know they set up some stipulation to where um, a percentage of the licenses awarded have to go to majority minority owned businesses Mm -hmm. but the caveat to that like you said in some other states it seems like they're just doing it for show, but it's not actually to bring in equity to these minority small businesses, small farmers, because they're letting, like you said, these, these just these big money investors who have the money, who yeah. have the capital, the infrastructure. And they'll, they'll eventually push those people out. Exactly. So, yeah, it's interesting that you're talking about that because that's something that like me and some of the other um, minority farmers currently are struggling with because it's like obviously we want to have an opportunity to capitalize on this as well as um, a step forward to not only like legalization but also ownership for minorities as well as leaving um, some legitimate legacy for our fa- you know our future generations but if it's set up for a way even when they make it look like it's, oh, we've put this in there for you and it's still not for us. What I know, like you said, New York, and New York has um, done some things as far as um, the first, I think, 100 licenses had to go to people who were directly affected by the war on drugs. But as far as from a cultivation standpoint, like I'm saying, with like MSOs coming into new markets like Alabama, um, I don't know. Do you see like a better framework or a better way to actually make it tangible and not just something that's on paper um, to say, hey, we tried this? That's a great question. I I don't think I have the answer for that, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's like a lot of it's kind of uh, it feels almost like wishful thinking when you uh, really try to think about anything that would be remotely fair or just um and beyond that then it's like we've seen we've seen we've all seen stuff like this where it's like you know it's more uh lip flapping than anything and just kind of like lip service and yeah so i i wish i could have a great answer for that but i I don't think i do Yeah, no, I I understand. And I think that's like the crossroads is like, okay, so we don't have the answer to that question, but how do we get to it? Um, Or like, how do we answer it? And like, I don't know if like, if it's tangible, because it's good to see, like I was saying, just with the elections, like these newer states passing um, for rec or adult use and implementing expungement and all those things are great. But what does it really amount to when we don't have ownership? When we don't yeah. have uh, ec- social economics, 
you know, because yeah. you can say equity, equity, equity and have like minority, uh, you know, minimum hires and all that thing. But when, when I'm talking about equity, I'm talking about money, too, because that's yeah. that's the real disparity. Yeah. And that's really what's that's holding clear. a lot of small farmers or small businesses and all these things or minority businesses back is the capital. And I mean, we could get like super deep in it. Like the e- like they'll give uh, minorities in this country like loans for a car, your house, credit. They'll give you all the stuff that can potentially put you in more debt easily. But the one hardest thing for minorities to get in America is a business loan. Yeah. So I mean it's it's not it's not accidental, but it sucks that even like you said, like lip service when they put it out there or make something seem like, oh, this is for everybody. We want to make it right, but it, that's not what you're doing. If anything, you're making right. it worse because it's taking you're it saying away from that. It's going to be yeah. better when it's actually not, and yeah, yeah, it's like very de- it's like, deceiving. It's away. It's taking the like plant away from the people and it's putting it into this greed category. And it's like that's that's just it's not its intended purpose, you know. Absolutely, I think one thing one thing that uh, Colorado does have as a saving grace here is that um, that we have home grow here. So, you know, if you're lucky enough to have the space and the resources, you can at least you know set up for yourself. Um, but still, that's not nearly the same as owning a business and, you know. Yeah, no, the- no, definitely. That was actually going to lead me to another question about homegrown because I know that's something that um, you do and you're passionate about and been doing for a while. So can mm-hmm. you talk more about, like, how you got started with that and then kind of, like, where your setup is now and just any uh, tips for people who want to, grow their own for medical or recreational purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been kind of dabbling, I guess, since college. I had some just some neighbors um, who were growing very illegally, and they trusted me enough to kind of bring me to their basement and show me what was going on down there. So I would kind of just ask to help them and see what I could do and just kind of see what was going on more than anything. But that was, I guess, my first little intro. And then uh, once I moved out here and it went wreck and everything, it was kind of a no-brainer to start. And I live in a house, um, so it was uh, definitely a no-brainer. And I've been toying with a lot of different methods and ways to grow, but I think now I'm fully transitioned over to the living soil style. So that's been really fun. This Actually, this next round I'm doing is like my first full, full-on living soil grow, so... It's pretty fun. We love that. Yeah. If you're not familiar with it, you're basically kind of trying to mimic nature. Um, It's like there's like mulch layers and you have a little cover crop with other plants growing besides cannabis, kind of like how it'd be outside, Um, even like as far as putting like worms in the dirt and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. That was one of like the first things Remote taught me was um, he's taught me so much when anybody's listening, like Remote is the goat. I'm not using that lightly. Like I wouldn't be where I am today. Van Hoosemco wouldn't be where it is today without this guy right here. So shout out to oh, yeah. Romo, big ups. That um, but happy. that was one of the first things he taught me was like feed, feed the uh, feed the soil, not the plant. And wow. like I've taken that to heat, you know, so so much. And like what he's saying about building a living soil bed, like that's what we try to strive to produce, like a living, breathing ecosystem 
for our plants to thrive and just be in nature and just be naturally as they are. So, it's like you're building them uh, a home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow, a little habitat. Cool. You, if you treat them like a pet, you know, you're feeding them, you're giving them a little, a little home. And <laughs> so it's just like that. Got you. That's awesome. instead of, you know, cleaning up their poop, you get to smoke the buds. I feel like I should get into that. I could mother that. <laughs> I could be a mom Yeah, you're, you're out in Cali. So yeah, I definitely I'm out in Cali. You're great. Okay, cool. Um, all right, Ramo. Well, uh, next, I'm going to ask you what you smoking on. So, like, is it some homegrown that you've been smoking on recently or you get, got something else? Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, so um, right now I got some glue ball that I – uh harvested a couple or like a month ago i guess so it's a gorilla glue cross and it's got uh chem 4 and like an og in it too so it's super gassy it's got that kind of gorilla glue funk to it too which i love and i just finished some candy chrome so that was from uh 710 labs which is kind of like the baller dispensary weed out here if you ever want to like just treat yourself um so they have this one strain called candy chrome which is like a runts cross so it has that like runts kind of like tart tangy sweetness and then it has this almost like this creaminess too it's really really good Wow. That sounds fire. That sounds fire. That, I, th- I just want to say, guys, I think it's an art what y'all are in. Because I be going to the dispenser, <laughs> I'm like, I don't care about these fucking flavors. Just give me weed. <laughs> and the way you guys are yeah. talking about this, it's like it's off a Michelin star restaurant's menu. Like, you and Jordan, it's it making me smile. Right. I love it. I love that for y'all. I'm like, I don't. So there's know. actually a thing, too, now. Uh, it's kind of like a sommelier, but it's called a ganjier. So they're starting a new program where it's like basically uh, you can become certified and, you know, basically be like a sommelier of weed. So it's very, it's definitely Whoa. getting to that level. That's awesome. Do you think you'll go for it? We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be cool, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to it if I yeah. continue in cannabis, you know? Yeah. Also, I heard like maybe some positions to be like celebrities, personal, like J rollers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and blunt rollers and all that, too. Yeah, that's crazy. I just saw an article that said Snoop smokes like 150 blunts a day. I would I would die. I would <laughs> yeah. I take one hit and I'm gone. So, like... Yeah. 150 <laughs> blunts a day. Maybe it was like 15 and someone just got it wrong. Added zero on. I would still die. Even 15 would be a lot. That's like one an hour for the whole day. Yeah, speaking on that, like how how often would you say you smoke in a day? Uh, it totally depends on what I'm doing, I guess. So if I'm like working on music, I'll definitely be blazing a lot, and I could probably go through like a quarter of flour in a day. Um, but if I, you know, gotta be out in the real world and getting shit done, it's usually a little bit less than that. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Hey, but that's the beauty when you grow your own. Like, you never run out. All in moderation, you know. Sometimes run out, but. But but not as often. But, but rarely. Definitely rarely. not as often. Well, thank you so much, Ramo. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been awesome. Our, our official first guest, which is yes. so much oh, yeah. fun. Awesome.